In this episode, I bring on franchisee owner of nerds to go Taunton, John Danahy, where we talk about smart IT solutions and services for your small business. I especially enjoyed our conversation on Bitcoin and how that related to IT services and getting your information back when you've been hacked. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I have a wonderful guest on today, my personal IT provider, John Danahy of Nerds2Go. John, thank you for so much for joining on today. Thank you for the invitation and uh, really, really happy to be here. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think we'll, we'll have a good conversation about some things that people can be doing uh, or questions that they need to be asking. Um, so I think I think this is going to work out great. I think so as well. And if you have you have guided my business into the light of uh, this mysterious IT world and uh, give us a little bit of an introduction on you, the business and maybe a little bit of background. OK, so. Um, yeah, John Hannahy. I, uh, I own nerds to go uh, in Taunton, Massachusetts. I have spent, so oh God, I hate to think about how long, mm -hmm. uh, about 30 years or so in IT. Um, I've worked in organizations from really small startup uh, software development kind of organizations with, you know, internet technologies up to managing, uh, you know, thousands of systems uh, in, in really big uh, organizations, enterprise class organizations. So uh, through all of that, you know, I've, I've kind of learned uh, the lay of the land where where risks are located in every infrastructure and, and, you know, reasonable ways to protect small businesses. So my, my passion is to bring what I know about enterprise uh, class, you know, systems management to small business, because I know that uh, small businesses are at a significant disadvantage uh, given the current state of affairs that we see. Um, you know, the, the, the threats that we've seen over the last mm -hmm. couple of years with ransomware, they've been pretty dramatic. I spent uh, 23 years in the Massachusetts Army National Guard. I retired back in 2009. I'm a, an, an Operation Iraqi Freedom uh, veteran. I was a first sergeant for uh, a very highly deployed unit here in the state of Massachusetts. We did uh, eight deployments in six years in support of the global war on terrorism. So that's, Thank you for uh, your that's service. my thing. Oh. Uh, thank you for your recognition and appreciation. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Uh, done and seen a lot of things uh, in my career, and, and hopefully I can help uh, some small business owners that may listen to this in the future. And with all of those enterprises, is there certain industries that you think is kind of your bread and butter focus in, whether it be healthcare, HIPAA, email, encryption, yeah, so anything in particular? Yeah, I'm going to try not to not to geek out or nerd out too bad <laughs> here, but um, certainly I think that the uh, risks associated with uh, the internet and uh, sensitive to highly sensitive information is is certainly top of mind for me, uh, and it should be for folks that are in the healthcare, medical, and legal services. Although um, you know I can help them better or best because of my experience with controls and standards. Uh, as it pertains to how that information is supposed to be protected. Uh, but I don't try to discriminate 
either. And um, so, you know, we've seen a lot of growth in the in the trades recently. You know, I have uh, uh, several mechanical firms. I have uh, electricians and, and construction companies that I've been working with lately um, who are now, uh, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, there, there really is a need to manage our computers uh, because when they're having a bad day, that generally translates into a bad day for the business. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, my, again, like I said earlier, you know, the, the passion really is to help small business owners understand uh, the reasonable things that should be done to protect themselves. Um, I tend to differentiate myself by saying that, you know, no one can guarantee your security. So the next most important thing we have to focus on is making sure that if we've got to go to backup, uh, that the data is going to be there available for us and that we can get those systems back up and running as quickly as possible. Um, you know, systems uh, performance degrades over time. We don't really, we can't really see that. It's like boiling the frog, right? So that that analogy, you know, you could put a frog in a, in a cold pot of water on the stove and, you know, kind of turn it up one degree at a time and you can cook him and he'll never know that he's being cooked uh, as opposed to throwing up, you know, a frog into a boiling pot of water where it'll just jump right out. So performance uh, is something that we're not as, as aware of until it gets to the point where we boil over and get frustrated. We try to make sure that, you know, with our services, we watch out for the systems. We, we proactively call our clients when there's problems that we can see uh, because we monitor for performance. Um, so, you know, we, we try to give uh, small business owners the kind of the 360 as far as protecting their business. So we protect it from performance degradation. We protect it from the internet with firewalls. Um, we protect it from the internet with antivirus clients. Um, we protect it from uh, these, these uh, shortcomings of the systems and the, and the software that we employ, right? So uh, you see on a fairly frequent basis, uh, patching that's needed for Microsoft products. Uh, the same is, is true for, for Macintosh products as well. So there used to be this uh, knowledge or this position in the market that uh, there weren't any viruses and you didn't need an antivirus if you had a Mac client. And, you know, those days are over. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that is connected to the Internet is under attack. And that's just the cold, hard reality of life that we're living in right now. So we've got to make sure that we, we do the right things to protect ourselves, our businesses, our livelihood, and our families. And, you know, that's kind of where, where my head's at. Yeah. And when, when someone, I just thought of this, when someone is hacked, you know, and, and they want, what, what, what do they end up asking for? Is it money? Is it Bitcoin now? Or what, I mean, how, how do you hold something hostage and does anyone actually ever pay it? So, um, so unfortunately, um, there, there is an opinion, I think, in, in a lot of the folks that I've spoken to over time that, you know, I'm a small business, you know, I don't make that much money. I'm not really a target. Um, but there's, there's an enormous disadvantage that small businesses have. Uh, one is that, you know, they haven't spent time working in IT. They, they may not understand uh, the technologies that they have and what those technologies uh, represent as far as risks go. So uh, the, the, the question that you're asking is, is very good and valid that, you know, the, the, the way that we experience risk now on the internet is much different than it used to be um, because there's automated tools. There's, there's ways of finding machines on the internet that, you know, will basically tell you what the roadmap is to compromise that machine. So, uh, you know, as technology advances and these tools are uh, designed to help 
us manage risk, they're also the same tools that are being used by, uh, I'll call it the bad guys to, uh, you know, wreak havoc on, on small businesses. So uh, there's there's really no rhyme to reason. The, uh, the ransomware works in a way that, you know, it's called encryption. So basically what it does is it, it will, it will zip up all of your files. Um, they will demand uh, monies, usually in the, in the form of Bitcoin, because it's it's much harder to trace those transactions. Although okay. I'm sure that the government is is motivated right now to to get a better handle on that kind of stuff. But uh, it used to be up to, up until recently uh, that you know the FBI was just inundated with uh, requests or or complaints, so they can't they don't have the staffing to to investigate every incident. Um, and let's face it, it's not something you want everybody to know either. So if you're a small business owner and you get hit with a ransomware attack, you're more likely to pay the ransom, especially if you don't have a good IT organization working for you because uh, they're not going to be able to get the data back either. So, you know, that's been kind of the focus with us is we want to try to make sure that we design our systems in such a way as to prevent the ability for the ransomware to actually find everything. So that's what that's what the ransomware does is it looks for everything on the network that it can that it can attack and and encrypt. Um, basically, you get a message on your desktop that says if you uh, want your data back, you know you've got to send us an email at this address. And we'll we'll work with you to the transfer of you know the the certain amount of money of Bitcoin, and then we'll give you the decryption code, and you can get back you know you can get back to to doing business. First, here you're you're dealing with a criminal element to begin with, so that level of trust and being able to give them Bitcoin and expect that you're going to get a code that's going to work for you. Uh, is is a risk, and then you know second to that is the risk associated with them having been on your systems and the possibility of them uh, planting other software that could be used later on to come back and get you again. So what if you uh, don't have Bitcoin? <laughs> then, then, um, you know, there's avenues to get it, but uh, you know, everybody's recommending these days that you don't pay the ransom, but you know, uh, what's a small business owner to do if, if in fact, right. um, you know, you don't have that backup that you can go to. Uh, or you don't have that IT system person that, that's... How do you uh, tell that's your CPA? <laughs> like, they, they just see a big Bitcoin transfer? Or is that, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't do crypto. So, I mean, do you pay with it? And you might not know, do you pay with it with like a business credit card or take money? Or like, uh, how would it, how would you show, like, is there any way to write it off? I mean, I, I, are we talking like 5,000 or 10,000 that they're usually asking? Or is it usually... It's, it seems to be, you know, for small businesses, it's probably like a $5,000 thing. Um, as far as the, the tax, uh, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the proper accounting, I'm not sure that the, uh, generally accepted accounting principles has, has caught up with addressing the proper coding <laughs> for paying ransomware, uh, attacks, but, um, yeah, that's, it's a great question. I wish I had the answer for you, Kate, but I, I really don't. Um, but what I do know is that, um, you know, the, the, the impact there is significant. You know, it's it's the, the way I look at it is uh, that's the conversation I don't ever want to have with someone. You know, we right. had uh, we had a, a, a string of some ransomware attacks. You know, some were uh, clients of ours, some were not clients of ours. What I can say is that you know one of the most difficult conversations I've had to have with anyone really since we opened this business 
uh, in the three years that we've been running, you know, the one conversation I had to have was with someone who wasn't a client and someone who I had to tell that, you know, basically I, I can't get your data back. I, I couldn't even, you know, the, this, this ransomware was, uh, was pretty uh, malicious. Not only did it, uh, encrypt all of the files uh, on the server, but it also, uh, it, it attacked the BIOS on the server and, and basically made the machine useless. So we, we couldn't even get the machine to boot. Uh, well, once you, once you unencrypted or de-encrypted or the, the term of it, would I don't think a business owner, I mean, I've, I wouldn't even know if I know how to do it of going through the steps of, okay, here's all my files. Now, what do I do with them? Or how do I enforce that or restore them? I mean, that's kind of the next thing. It's so the, the, the process is pretty straightforward, okay. um, but the, you know, not knowing whether or not there's other malware there. So, uh, and sometimes, uh, in, in most cases, it's best to go back and rebuild those systems and, uh, restore information from backup, no good backups, but uh, yeah. again, that's, that's even still risky. So have you seen a lot of this through through any any other trends similar to this or any new trends since COVID with with business or whether it be home offices or any anything like that I, I, that's coming up? Yeah, so I I monitor uh, I, you know I I monitor the the, the trade publications uh, for uh, what's going on and uh, you know some of the partners that we have that are technical you know uh, product providers uh, that you know we we don't necessarily recommend but we do support. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just about everything. So that, that, that's an important thing to, to pause on also is that, you know, uh, a lot of people that sell product, it, it's the hammer and the nail, right? They've got a hammer in their hand and everything looks like a nail. Uh, that's where my business is different. First, we got to get to understand the client's business, what they're hoping to achieve, what their priorities are, what their risks and concerns and what keeps them up at night so that we can make sure that we're addressing uh, those concerns as part of our design, right? So not understanding the business, is is you know the the first step should always be you know what business are you in what are your priorities and how we will then take that information and use it to design something that will satisfy mm -hmm. those needs um, but you know it it it, it is a give and take kind of situation, you know? So if, it, if there's a budgetary constraint, we may find a product that's similar, but not quite of the same class that we would initially recommend. Um, so we, we, we try to make sure that we handle the business need first and that, you know, kind of the technology will follow. Mm. And so every business should probably have some sort of basic level of um, security. You know, I mean, again, you touched upon it earlier, like I'm a Mac, I was, I uh, used to be a, um, Windows and then I turned to, uh, to Mac and I just for all of my Adobe software and running all of that. But, you know, it was kind of a kind of a thing growing up where you don't, you never needed anti, you know, a virus scan or anything because they already had one built in. I have no idea if that was false or true or anything. I've never had a issue with any of my Mac. I will say that. But all the same time is, I mean, it's something like a, even a simple for a listener that's that's viewing this is, um, you know, Norton scanning or McAfee. I mean, are those pretty much suffice or with something cleaner? I mean, or is there any, there's no free one that's, that's going to work, correct? There's no free cleaner. So, so that's a great question that you, you're asking, right? So there's a huge, huge issue here with a lot of this freeware that you can download from the internet. You know, most of the stuff is, is mm -hmm. masking itself as, as malware, right? So, yeah. uh, my, my first recommendation in that regard is don't download anything that says make your system bastard just click on this link right um, 
those are usually, you know, they're, they're just, uh, uh, they're, they're spyware programs that just sit on your computer and pass somebody else all of the data they need to be able to send you advertisements or even sell your personal information online. Um, I, I would go with a reputable, uh, you know, provider. So some of the names that you provided, yeah, I, I'm not going to say that I recommend any particular type because it really is a matter of, of what kind of sensitive information we're we talking about, mm -hmm. is, if there is any, and um, you know what level of protection, what kind of backups do you have? You know, so it's a it's a bigger conversation than just saying yes or no to a particular product, but most of them do about the same job. So, and, and I've yet to see one of these major attacks uh, anywhere in any of my readings that were associated by, you know, associated through a a uh, an antivirus client that didn't work, right? So I, I would say that it is still a requirement. And to go back to your question about what, what are those things that, that folks should be doing and, and uh, what have I been seeing as far as trends go? So certainly the trend question is, you know, more working from home, more personal computers being used uh, for business purposes. So that that produces uh, inevitably a lot of bad uh, security outcomes because uh, it's much more challenging to manage remote machines uh, out of the office context than it is, of course, within the walls of the business. Um, so yes, there's, there's products like firewalls that we need to consider. Uh, your question about Macs and, and whether or not, you know, the firewall or the antivirus that comes with the operating system is good enough. I'm here to tell you that the answer specifically is no. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ones that I will give you a complete yes or no answer on. Um, because all of these attacks that we're looking at, you know, the adversary's goal is to get to that operating system because once I can get to the operating system, I can turn off or turn on anything I want. I can install software. I can do, you know, so as soon as I get a hold of that operating system, I can shut off the antivirus and you would never know because it's going to sit there with its pretty little icon saying, you know, I'm, I'm still here, I'm still running, but behind the scenes, that service has been disabled. So, you know, th those are the types of things that uh, are misleading. Mm. Um, but for general protection purposes, you want to have an active firewall. You want an, you want an active firewall because, um, you know, things change so dramatically that the, the, the onset of, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning and all of these great buzzwords that are being thrown around right now uh, are actually technologies that, that the, that the bad guys or the adversaries are using uh, to find where our weaknesses are. So, um, you know, having an active firewall that's being updated on a fairly regular basis, um, you know, through some sort of AI or some sort of cloud presence is always better than having just a, a dumb firewall that implements a certain set of rules that doesn't change over time. Mm. Um, so active firewall you know, you, you hit it with the antivirus, definitely have an antivirus, get an antivirus that you pay for. The free ones are really annoying because they keep popping up asking you when you want to buy the uh, subscription. Mm -hmm. um, so every one of the reputable ones has a free version. But if you don't mind, you know, seeing advertisements on a regular basis, then sure, that's good enough. Sure. Uh, my recommendation is to buy, you know, the full version. Um, Updating a machines, patching machines. Oh my God, I can't even tell you. This one is my my favorite because uh, if there were no vulnerabilities on any of our systems, they wouldn't need to be updated and they wouldn't need to be patched. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I understand. You know, several years ago, you know, I've been in IT for a very long time, so I know exactly how bad patching used to be. But you know, I'm here to tell you nowadays, uh, it's it's pretty rare when a when a patch rolls out that causes some kind of major impact. Um, 
So if you're not updating your systems when you're told to update them, it's not that Microsoft wants to send you some kind of, you know, jazzy new feature. They're trying to prevent, you know, your machine from being taken over from somebody mm. on the internet. And, and that's the reason why you should be updating it. What you shouldn't do is ever receive an email that says, click a link to update your system. That's not the way it works. Uh, but updating systems. So those, those systems that are not being updated uh, are subject to that, that thing that I was describing. So, you know, I, I send you an email or I, I, I find your system on the internet because I looked for a particular vulnerability. Now I know exactly how to unlock your machine and, and do what I need to do with it. So, you know, the, the updating of systems and software is critically important because uh, nine out of 10 times these days, they're addressing security concerns inside the product that make them accessible to the internet uh, mm. and take over from a bad guy. Are you seeing so any of this systems. with uh, text messages at all? I've been receiving some text messages, my UPS order, which I did not order something from UPS uh, or um, some, oh, I got one from AT&T that just said that, oh, we overcharged you. Click here. I'm not, I don't click on them, but I'm seeing more text messages, more uh, spam. Have you been? Mobile devices. Yeah. yeah. Mobile devices and email. Email is still like the number one uh, vector for this stuff, right? So somebody mm -hmm. that sends you a link that takes you someplace bad, uh, or somebody sends you a file that's attached to an email uh, that has some bad content in it. Um, so, so email is absolutely number one. Uh, this, this thing they call the internet of things these mm -hmm. days with all of these fancy devices that connect, you know, via Bluetooth, like this headset, um, you know, et cetera, it, you know, those, those devices uh, are, are uh, becoming more and more popular when it comes to uh, these types of attacks for, on business. So, you know, uh, a cell phone that's, that's set up to connect uh, automatically to wireless networks, for instance, is a huge, huge mistake for anyone to be making, especially if they use that phone for business purposes, mm. uh, because just connecting automatically, you, you don't know that this is a rogue network that's going to drop malware on your, on your cell phone. And then the minute you bring it into your office and you connect it up to your internal corporate network, all of a sudden, now we're off to the races because... Uh, a piece of malware was introduced into an environment that uh, should have been more like an enclave. You know what I mean? So uh, when we, when we set up our clients, uh, we, we always make sure that we explain to them that, you know, any Wi-Fi or any Bluetooth devices that they bring into the network uh, are vectors for compromise. And that's, um, that's something that folks don't generally understand. And we want to make sure that we make that clear to people is that, you know, these devices as, as helpful and, and, and productive as they can be for us, uh, they can also be the reason why we uh, end up in a, in, a, in a catastrophic or a disaster scenario that we have to recover from. Mm. And, and what do you see coming down kind of the horizon with people, I think, switching maybe from home offices, maybe staying there, or maybe coming back to uh, in office with, in terms of security? So coming back on premise, you know, that, that's almost a relief, um, you know, mm -hmm. as long as those were corporate machines, you know, that's, uh, that, that's a, a good thing, I suppose. Um, you know, the remote workforce, I think, that, I think that the way that we work is going to change as a result of the pandemic. And I think that, um, you know, our security uh, is, is catching up with that. I think that there was a, uh, there was a, a period of pivoting there that, uh, caused a lot of us in IT a lot of sleepless nights uh, when, when things went uh, the way they did. Um, 
and that that's actually a great story for us too is that you know the the capabilities that that we chose here in this location gave us the ability to pivot our clients uh, at no additional cost so we we have uh, remote access capabilities that we provided to some uh, one of our biggest clients is a not-for-profit and uh, they're in human services so uh, they, they certainly couldn't shoulder the burden of uh, what a lot of my competitors did during the pandemic which was take advantage of the scenario and mm -hmm. get as much revenue as you possibly can we we helped them pivot at no additional cost based on the software that we deploy for them. So inherent in our software package that we use to manage their systems is the capability to be able to remote into a machine that's already in the network uh, at the office. So, mm. um, and we had already established a security perimeter for the business. So by enabling this, we, we reduced their risk. We enabled their uh, remote workforce and it didn't cost them any, anything extra. And that's that's another one of our principles is that we understand, you know, small businesses, uh, not-for-profits, uh, they don't have very deep pockets and uh, you know we're budgetary conscious and if if a solution is going to be too expensive we'll try to find a way to finance it or you know uh, help you know find another product that may be uh, you know equally effective but less expensive mm -hmm. uh, i don't i don't like selling product my you know i lead with service and then we we find the right product to meet the needs of the service Right. And I'm glad that that's kind of a relief that people are coming back to the office. That that's a good point. You know, back when you're at home, I mean, I'm, you got everything running around, you got the dogs running around, kids running around, you know, within, and now all those people yes. now have to, all those companies now have to, I, was that something the companies, I guess, were responsible for or the property owners or who was responsible for the security? So it, it really does depend, right? So uh, a lot of big companies will have their own IT staff. So they, they were put into a kind of a fire drill if they hadn't already planned for remote access and remote um, uh, kinds of uh, workforces. But a lot of businesses have a remote model. So uh, instead of having to design this from the ground up right away, they had to figure out how to expand it dramatically overnight, which, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a really good you know, situation to be in either. Right. Uh, there was a lot of product being bought uh, at the beginning, you know, say the second quarter of last year, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure product sales uh, kind of went through the roof. Um, so depending on, on the business, you know, if you've got an outside IT firm, um, you know, that, that falls on their shoulders. If you have an internal IT staff, it falls on their shoulders. Um, you know, so, and then some businesses, uh, you know, kind of, they, they fumbled through it on their own because they didn't have any anyone that they could reach out to or uh, they weren't aware of the, the resources that were available to them. So uh, depending on which kind of uh, IT support you have, uh, you know, that responsibility could shift, you know, inside or outside the organization, uh, depending on, you know, the technologies and the, and the structure of the organization. Uh, machines coming back into the network, you know, if, if it was a large corporate type of environment and they were all, you know, managed corporate assets, uh, that migration back into the office should be pretty straightforward because uh, the same technologies that an internal IT staff or an external IT staff would be using to manage those devices like I do, mm. uh, make it easy for those to come back in the office with, with less risk. Um, if they're personally owned devices, that makes it a whole lot more complicated. Now you, you, you've got multiple layers of software, you know, so coming back into the office, uh, I would expect would be, you know, kind of easy also for those types of businesses where the person just returns back into the workforce. They, they rejoin with the machine that they left behind. Mm -hmm. um, but bringing personal equipment back into an office environment, 
major risk, as you can imagine, right? mm. especially if they weren't managed, centrally managed. Uh, because, again, like I mentioned with the IoT problem uh, and, and cell phones in particular, bringing those into a corporate network uh, without the right kinds of controls is, is very risky. And so if more people who are listening wanted to reach out to you and they're a small business owner and they're not doing anything, maybe they're using Carbonite or they're using McAfee or kind of just the basic stuff, but they're growing their business. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you and, and learn about your services? We, we are nerds to go taunt. So all you got to do is Google us and uh, the phone number's right there. Uh, 339-970-3556. We'll just throw that out there. But uh, yeah, Google nerds to go. And uh, we are in Taunton, Massachusetts. Uh, it's, a, it's a quickly growing uh, franchise. There's franchises popping up all over the country. Um, but here in Taunton, um, you know, you, you get the benefit of my experience and, and my background uh, as a client here. And I've greatly appreciated it. Um, my company, Kate Creative Media, has greatly appreciated it as well. You did the whole setup for, for my office, and I've referred you to many people, and they have nothing but wonderful things to say. And your expertise is greatly appreciated. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to uh, have this set up because it is so important. I never want to be in a position where I uh, don't think about security. So I greatly appreciate it and greatly appreciate you being on. And uh, I... Uh, We'll send everyone the information for John's information and put it in the post here. So thank, thank you awesome. again for joining and um, we'll thank chat you. soon. Awesome. Thank you, Kate. And thank you for the great work that you do for the clients that I send you away as well. For oh, websites. thank you. So it's been, it's been a great, uh, great, great experience. So well, you make it very you. easy to uh, do well with them as you're already setting them up on, on the proper security anyway. <laughs> awesome. Thank you.